0: Listening to a Kink in the Chain Podcast
1: Hello and welcome to the Kink in the Chain Podcast. I'm your host, Rope Squirrel, and today we also have
0: Ritz Cracker.
1: Yes, we do. How are you doing today, Ritzy?
0: I'm a little bit tired, but I'm doing pretty good today.
1: Very good. We are here live at an undisclosed kink convention. Uh, We're both enjoying ourselves, probably spending way too much money and uh, planning far too many scenes than we should ever do.
0: Oh yeah, I'm getting extremely tired and have to deal with the drop later on, but you know, it's going to be a great time.
1: Oh yes, con drop. I've had too much of that. (laughs)
0: and sometimes it happens as an axe so i have three scenes set already but i also went to a different board panel and i met a bunch of people and network did some networking so now i have five scenes for the weekend and i'm like "Uh um watch now it's going to turn into six by the time the end of the night it happens
1: i'm sure you'll get a text message like oh
0: my god please tie me up
1: well so what are you doing with all these uh poor uh Victims. I, I mean submissives.
0: Well, one has to do with uh, roses, and one has to do with rope. A couple of... I have no idea what we're doing yet until I get into the location, because I have not been in this location yet. So we're going to see how that goes with the space. And I'm also participating in some puppy play as well
1: Ooh, fun
0: oh and horse play i forgot about pony play i, I actually found a volunteer to let me try out pony play because i've never done it before so i found a pony who would like to work with a trainer this evening so we're going to do an hour scene and that way i get to experience it
1: very nice i intend to be the uh my char- my characteristic squirrel self and uh, torment the poor little puppies that's always fun.
0: Yes, and then you get traced and tackled. I remember last year when you tried to attempt to do that. You got eaten alive. <laughs>
1: I did. And la- and last year, they, uh, my poor squirrel, he-, he suffered a leak, and I was leaking beans through the dungeon. It was just awful. I had to get him sewn up again because, you know, I kept saying that my squirrel was in the hospital for a while, so... Uh, But I also got to be Rope Squirrel last year, as I recall, which was a lot of fun. I got suspended, which was kind of weird, in the vendor area. That was a lot of fun. I think I have pictures of that somewhere. Maybe I'll have to post them on my profile.
0: You should. I should. That's always a good thing, to show what you do.
1: Indeed. Show that I actually know what the heck I'm talking about. Right. (laughs) Right. So, my listeners, this week we have an article on how to talk to your partner, significant other, play partner, about what kinds of play they enjoy and how it doesn't have to be an awkward experience. I, I, I don't know about you. I've been through that a lot with people.
0: I have, too, but only because I'm an extrovert and I seem to be very drawn to introverts. So I find these really cute little introverts and they're shy and or they've never played before in their lives. So they have no idea what they want and, or they want everything.
1: And so then you yeah you, you, you talk to them and you break that break that mold and then they suddenly come out and be like, oh my God, I want to do all the things all at once.
0: Right. Which can be a little bit overwhelming, um, not just for them, but for me as well. I'm like, really? You want to do everything? Because I know what's going to happen if I do everything to that poor soul the first time. They're going to have drop or hate it or have some major problem afterwards and run away and never come back.
1: Isn't it hard to tell them no sometimes? Because you're like, I want to do all the things to you, but I shouldn't.
0: It might be hard, but uh, you can't sugarcoat things for people. You have to be like, well, no, I can't do this. and Or yes, I can. And maybe we should think about just doing one or two things instead of everything that you want to try and try other things later if this scene works out together
1: agreed and if you do those one or two things and they like it then one or two things the next time and gives them something to look forward to at the very least as opposed to trying everything burning out and going yes eh, is not for me versus the oh my god I-, I love that that suspension you did on me it was so lovely and then you ran knives oh it was so great uh, can you shock me no no nope. next time we'll shock you and it, and uh, okay, all right I, I what day? give me a day? I'll be here.
0: Uh, that's the problem I have is not saying not being able to say no sometimes, especially big conventions because I'm like, I want to show off to everybody, so doing multiple scenes, I know that I'm gonna have drop the following couple of days after the convention's over, but I know how to maintain it and help myself, but I've also been doing this for a very long time, and then for new people. It's a little bit harder for them to understand that concept because they haven't been through it. They haven't gone through the steps or they haven't had that major con drop yet.
1: Yeah. And for those of you who, when you ever do have con drop, it is, it it can be pretty awful. Um, Personally, I had a week when I did five cons week after week after week. Um, which was great while you were in the middle of it because you were like, oh, I get Monday through Thursday, I have to go to work, but Friday I get to go to a kink con. And then you come home and like, oh, I have another kink con next weekend. But I'll tell you, after that fifth one, ugh, I was like, what, what do you mean I don't have a crazy play party and all this fun coming up this weekend? I was, I was a mess that day. I was like, oh.
0: And with my work, I can't take Mondays off. So right after the con, I do have to go to work. So I have to be very careful about my drop that it doesn't affect my work. Exactly. So, which, so you have to learn how to deal with and new people or new relationships have to talk these things through. So if you're starting with a new player, you want to make sure that they're going to have the aftercare they need and you want to make sure that they're going to have that moment of drop, like contact information. like. So if it's your very first time interacting, very first time talking or scening together, you always want to make sure that you have a check in point so later on you can check in on them.
1: Of course. And a big part of this article goes into the fact that you shouldn't sugarcoat what you're into uh, for a variety of reasons. One, you shouldn't be ashamed of your kinks. Uh, There's absolutely no reason that – what you're into is what you're into. But uh, at the same time, it's actually very helpful for tops if you actually come and tell them what your fantasies are, what you want to do. makes it a lot easier for the tops because if I know what you're like really interested in, I can just do that and know that I'm doing a good job or hopefully doing a good job. Versus if you kind of beat around the bush and you're kind of quiet about what you're into, you're not going to get the scene you want. You're not going to be able to enjoy yourself quite as much and you're probably going to leave with a little bit of disappointment like, oh, I really want someone to shock me. Well, did you tell anyone? Uh, no. Well, there you go. Especially in in the dating world, it can be a little awkward to approach people at first. And I mean, you can date someone and then when you're like, uh, w- would you tie me up? There is always that fear. Cause we talked about this last week just a little bit, but there's always that fear that somebody might go, Oh, you freak get away from me. I don't want it. I don't I'm not going to tie you up that that's weird. Uh, what do you think about that?
0: I always, well, this goes back to communication <laughs> my number one thing is the communication part. Uh, so you want to make sure that you're communicating information to each other. I uh, just mm-hmm. currently met a couple. Uh, they are, there's a gentleman and a lady. They're married together. Um, she only tops him, but she's a submissive the rest of the time with all of her other players. And her husband didn't understand that because she wouldn't tell him directly. Like, here's the thing. So it caused some issues in their relationship because he wasn't understanding what was going through her head. That all, the, all these other people get to top her, but he can't because that's not their relationship.
1: Mm. I could definitely see that. Being a Switch myself, I completely understand that uh, that can be a little hard sometimes if you're not able to to, to do that. Um.
0: So simply, you want to explain the material, like give straight answers, don't sugarcoat things. You want to give ideas, especially if there are things that you've never tried before. You're like, I would be interested in too, or I would be willing to do this, but once you initiate something do you always have the choice to stop if it's horrible so don't ever be afraid to also use your colors or say no or please stop whatever code you may have between you and your partner
1: and definitely seek out if if you've never done anything like this before the two of you haven't uh if you happen to attend events in general or you're in contact with your local kink community negotiation is a, is a skill that takes time to acquire um, most of the events I've ever attended, the organizers, volunteers, those kind of people are more than willing to sit with you and assist you if you've never negotiated. The veterans will sit with you um, and help you ask the very question. And the best thing I've ever heard as far as a negotiation goes is to ask, what have I not asked that I probably should? Um, because if you ask me something, say, about electrical and ask me that question, I will say that my response will be Quite simply, uh, well, it's going to look like you were attacked by a kitten last night. Um, is there any place you don't want to have scratch marks on your body? Uh, because that may not come up in negotiation because a scratch isn't necessarily a bad thing. But maybe if you're a social worker, that could be a problem. And I can definitely also see the bringing these things up – can definitely be a problem for some especially if they're worried about getting outed like if if it's a friend let's say you it's a friend that's turned into a, some kind of a relationship and you come out as kinky to that one individual they might go and tell the entire group if that's not the group that you're normally part of uh, so there is definitely i can see some risk there but if you don't talk about it if you don't have these conversations you're going to be miserable in that relationship if there's something you want we can't read minds um as much as I like to think I can.
0: Oh, I, I bet you could. If you really tried really, really hard. Um, you're thinking about pandas. No pizza, but could try. Ah, drat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I tried. <laughs> um, yeah, we can't read minds. So if you tell us, like I said earlier, it's a lot easier to plan a scene around something that you're like way into. And it's like your fantasy. It, and it'll makes my job a lot easier. And then there's no surprises. We can definitely sit down and and have those conversations and talk to one another and learn what you're into. And that's, I think, the most fun part of any relationship is exploring something together. And especially if you got one partner that's in it and the other one that's at least willing. But as some relationship therapists have said in the past, uh, it's always good to have a partner that's GGG or good giving and game. Uh, which basically means the idea is that with any partner, you, you want to kind of be open to what they might be into, what they might want to experience, what they might want to try. And, you know, don't 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 kink shame anyone. Like, oh, so you want to be tarred and feathered and then run through a lawn sprinkler. Okay, we can give that a try. Could be fun. Or they might find somebody else to play with. But it doesn't hurt. You need to have those conversations or you're just going to be miserable in that relationship.
0: You also don't want to give, give, give. Um, I've seen people fall apart because all they did was give. Like, they were, like, always there to satisfy the needs of the other person and never actually thinking about what they wanted. So they fulfilled all of the other person's fantasies and needs and wants and desires. But then that burnt them out, and it actually ended up killing the relationship because there was not an equal thing, They they never suggested or made those comments of like what they wanted and what they needed in that relationship, especially when it came to sex. Sex is a big thing where if you're not communicating to each other about interesting things or what you want, then it could happen.
1: I can definitely see that tearing a relationship apart for sure. Um, You always need to be an advocate of for what you want, not just what the, what your partner wants um, and that's why we have the communication thing that, you're so, that you talk so much about. We need to talk to our partners. We need to make sure that we're understanding it. And similar to what we talked about last week, um, if you're in some kind of a DS dynamic or an MS dynamic, uh, you need to have those ways where you can drop the personas and go to just being normal people because we're all normal people. We're not, we're not masters and slaves all the time. We're just uh, We're just people. But where you can drop those those pretenses and say, hey, you know, this isn't working for me or whatever. Be an advocate for what you want, because, again, I can't read your mind in a in a DS relationship. So if you're something's going wrong, you got to tell me about it. And if something new has just popped up in your brain and you're like, oh, my God, I really want to try it. But I'm embarrassed. If you tell me about it, I'm going to be like, Ooh, let's try it. That could be fun. It might suck, honestly, but it could be the most fun we've ever had. Who knows what you can do with a pickle?
0: I've had a lot of requests lately for different scenes because they, most people are like, well, my partner feels very uncomfortable about this, but how do you feel? And I was like, oh, I'm fine to trying it. I've never done it before, but I'm willing to at least try it. But here's my rules and regulations that we still have to follow. Because for example, like sex is off the table for most of the people until I've trust them because I might have some trust issues or I don't like the exchange of fluids until I get to trust them and know them. I know other people are different, but that's just how I run my life. So
1: Sure. And this article actually has a pretty interesting little uh, suggestion. Um, as a way of somewhat broaching the topic, you don't necessarily... Let's just say your kink, as they mentioned in the article, is you like to have cake smashed against your forehead. I'm not saying you shouldn't open with that, but you can definitely... Kind of tease it out where you're like, well, I, I'm kind of, I like some weird stuff when 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 I make love, and like and let them kind of tease it out of you a little bit, as opposed to starting and going, I want you to smash cake on my forehead while we have sex. I'm like, okay, but if you kind of tease it out just a little bit, and you kind of just go, well, you know, I kind of like cake and I like things on my forehead. Mm, that sounds fun. Make it kind of sexy, as opposed to just blurting it out, because uh, if you make it sexy, it just sounds better.
0: And if shyness is a real issue, I know some people are very shy or very limited of what they can explain because they're so embarrassed about their things, you can do a written list too. It doesn't actually have to be verbal all the time. You, I have a limit list that I have my partners fill out and it's about... There's a, about 350 things that are preset on this thing, but then I have like... Fifteen spaces of where they can write in their wishes and desires, so I can find out other things other than those three hundred and fifty kinks that I came up with. In addition, and
1: yeah, that that. So it's kind of like a, a job application they have to fill out.
0: Pretty much, but it's just a list. Like, yes, I'm into this. No, I'm not. Oh, I might be interested in this. This is red. This is green. This is a you know.
1: And and for those of you who've never used Limitless. Uh, If you stay in the community long enough, eventually a limit list just becomes a list of shit you haven't done yet. That's uh, eventually, you're just like...
0: I think there's only five things left on my 350 limit list. And that's because those are reds to me, so I will not cross those lines.
1: (laughs) I mean, on my personal limit list, there's some things on there I just physically can't do because I don't have the parts. Like, I can't experience vaginal torture. I'm sorry. There's no way for me to do that. I wish there was.
0: Well, well technically there is now. Well, there's surgeries for that.
1: <sighs> that, that sounds complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, nothing against any folks that, that do that. I just like, like, yeah, so we're doing a scene in the dungeon, so I'm going to have a sex change operation. <laughs> like, Okay. Yeah. No, but um, yeah, it's a very interesting experience, um, and that's kind of my list. It's just like, uh, like I okay, I've done that. Who hasn't? What the fuck is that? UrbanDictionary.com. dot com. Oh hell no. Oh dear. Oh, who would oh, ever Google do that?
0: It. You Google and see all the imagery of it. That oh. that that's a good one too.
1: That is. Yeah. And then you go, hmm. But then some of them you come across like, hmm, okay, I I could do that. Squirrel sex. Yeah, we could we could try that sometime. (laughs) Actually, I don't think I've ever tried that. I should try that. So I guess back to the article just a little bit. And then we'll finish this up and we'll get to you all's questions. Uh, If you're relatively new to to kink and BDSM, one of the things that you definitely want to do, even though you may both share some kind of kink that you really want to try, make sure you learn about it first and foremost. You definitely don't want to injure each other. Uh, Even some of the lighter stuff like rope, which uh, you're a
0: special –
1: somewhat special. Rope
0: can be very dangerous at times. It really matters on the person or on what you're doing. Suspensions can actually kill people if you're not careful.
1: Of course. Um, so even those little things that you think are, are somewhat innocuous can be very, very dangerous. I mean, okay, it's unlikely you're going to hurt anybody spanking unless I guess you wail on their tailbone or something. Or kidneys. Well, that too. What I'm saying is there is always a need for learning about what it is that you're, you're trying to do. Um, if you're part of a local kink community, I, I can't necessarily guarantee every single kink is covered, but probably the basic ones, there's probably someone in your community that would be more than happy to show you how to do something. Um, Attend munches, you know, talk to people, the internet, sometimes, right? Or classes. Classes. Or cons, like this one. Yeah,
0: conventions (laughs) teach you a lot of stuff.
1: I I can pretty much guarantee if you're in the U.S., there's at least a con somewhere near you, at the very least. Uh, Or you might have to get on a plane, but it's like an hour flight, so... Um, I, I, I'm trying to think I've been in all four corners of the country and there's a kink con somewhere near you. I, even places like Texas, which some people might be like, well, there's no kink. Oh, they're kinky. Believe me, <laughs> there's plenty of kinksters there. Uh, I've even been to cons in uh, Iowa and Ohio, which you think are like, okay, may- maybe not. Yep. There's kinksters. Fat life. Yeah. Fat life. Just look for your town. You'll probably find a bunch of kinksters no matter where you are. And if there isn't a bunch, start one. <laughs> It's not that hard. You just say, "Hey, let's go to IHOP." Boom, and show up there.
0: Right, but you are you're, you're trying like the articles telling and like they're not trying to scare people away from BDSM, but there is things that people have to be aware of. If someone's like, well, oh, this is my first time tying," I've, I watched a bunch of YouTube videos and never done this before. You might want to be cautious because if they've never tried it before and they've only seen the videos, that could lead to a bad situation. So what I usually tell people is try it on yourself first or, you know, try it on a piece of fruit or try it on a, an animal or something that's an inan-
1: inan- inanimate object.
0: An in- yes, that word.
1: <laughs> Actually, I know somebody who suspends his cats, which is a little strange, but I walked into his house one day and there's just a cat hanging from the living room, asleep in a in a harness, like...
0: Well, that's how I learned how to use needles was I would pierce fruit and not break the skin or break the skin and see how deep you can get before all the juices run out or like how hard you have to push through to get someone through the tougher skins. So it was just like an exercise of the hand motions, exercise of like the different texture size. Like people always tell me to use oranges and pierce the skin of the orange once it's peeled.
1: So a fruit is a good analog for learning to do that?
0: For needles, yes, but okay. not every play. Like, I'm not going to type an orange for
1: Well, suspension. that could be fun.
0: No, I'd, for, <laughs> well, maybe a watermelon. But, I mean, it's round and it doesn't have stopping points. Yeah, The skin texture is a lot different than the skin of a fruit.
1: <laughs> I'm, wa- I'm wondering what your kitchen looks like, you know, if you've got just oranges just hanging in the kitchen for some reason. It's like, it'd be fun.
0: Maybe dolls. Dolls? Dolls.
1: I'll walk in all kinds of dolls hanging in all corners. That's that's interesting. <laughs> You're a crazy one, aren't you?
0: Uh, yeah, but I always learned how to like I suspend, so I always learned how to do the groundwork first before I moved up to the suspension. So I was doing groundwork for about a year before I suspended people.
1: Very nice. And yeah, you you definitely have that down. You I've 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 watched you do suspensions. You're very good. We're at We're gonna
0: it. make the squirrel swing, and oh. you'll be the true ro- rope squirrel. Uh.
1: Flying rope squirrel, It'll be yes. great. <laughs> well, that's basically the article. We were just—it's uh, just kind of interesting about how to communicate with your partner. Communication, communication, communication. Uh, make it sexy, and uh, don't be afraid to let someone know what your kinks are because you never know—they might just share them with you. And, yeah,
0: and don't sugarcoat it.
1: Yeah, let them know exactly. And now, my listeners, as we like to do here on the show, we answer your questions, and we. Like last time, we've got a full mailbag, and I think we got a lot of great, interesting topics to talk about. Our first question comes to us from Betty from Florida, and she writes, First, I would like to say thanks for what you do. While I can't credit Kink in the Chain with sparking my interest in kink and BDSM, it is certainly was fuel for the fire. Needless to say, though, I'm now lit and ready to get started. I haven't yet decided on what type of play I should experience first. Do you have any suggestions?
0: I always suggest doing a tasting, and that's usually where you have a variety of different toys laid on a table, and you just try a couple seconds of each to see if you like it or not. That's what I usually do with new people is I do like a toy bag tour is what some people call it, and they just get a quick experience of each one until they're like, "Mm, let's go more with that one, and then you convert that one into a scene.
1: Yes, um, most communities will have these type of tasting events um it's definitely something worth trying Uh, my big advice for any type of play in general is don't spend a lot of money on it until you know that you like it Uh, i have seen people go out and buy like the most expensive floggers and the most expensive toys and then they try it once and go oh that's not really for me i mean imagine you want to try pony play and you buy full pony gear every every single piece and you put it on and go this is heavy and awkward like i okay and then it's like okay we're done like
0: a... I did the same thing. Well, I didn't buy the whole pony thing. I just bought the bit first and tried that out and made, like, I had some leather straps, so I tied it to my face and realized not what I thought it would be. So luckily I didn't buy every little piece.
1: Now, you can, sometimes you can buy cheap stuff in, like, the sex shops. I'm not recommending that for long-term use.
0: I don't know. I get most of my best toys from the dollar store.
1: Yeah. Um, you can get... You definitely you can buy rope at the dollar store. You can buy a lot of the the little stuff at the dollar store. Um, and then if you find you really like something, it is certainly worth it to invest in the the better version of whatever that might be. Um, I bought a pair of leather pants, for example, off of a off of a cheap site. I think they were like twenty five dollars. They looked really nice. They had a nice red stripe. I put them on one scene. They split, and then I realized it wasn't real leather either. So it was just cheaply made and whatnot. But then I bought another pair of pants, and they've lasted me almost 15 years. So I think it's definitely worth it to invest in, in higher quality things later on down the road. Um, but as you're first starting out trying new things, just just try the basic stuff. Uh, somebody suggested for puppy play. Just take socks, tape them around your your hands, and then those are your paws. And that's it's easy, it's cheap, you can try it out, and if you like it, then go full puppy.
0: Um, I mean, puppy play doesn't take very much. Crawling on all fours and chasing balls. It's a lot of fun. And tennis balls are like 99 cents. So
1: That's true. I mean, some of the puppies have the full mask, which isn't super cheap. It's
0: not expensive, but it's not super cheap either. Tom. i'm still trying to think of like what type of play i really was interested in and then i bought a bunch or bought something really expensive and then realized i didn't like it but i'm still trying to figure out like going through all my toys that i have a lot of them did come from the dollar store like i have my purple set like i have a purple spatula and i have a purple spoon and i have a purple baseball bat that i all got from the dollar store and i hit love hitting people with my purple set but, like, my more expensive things, like my rope, I actually went to Home Depot first and bought the really cheap rope just to try floor rope ties. And then once I realized I wanted it, I actually spent the $1,000 and got my rope shipped in from London.
1: Oh, very nice. So. And then, of course, uh, if your community doesn't offer tastings of any kind, uh, which is rare or it's, like, or it's not that month or something like that, um, most tops worth their salt are more than willing to give tastings as well. So if you see something that you're like, oh my god, I want to feel that, I usually get that with electrical play. As soon as I'm – well, sometimes actually, sadly, while I'm doing the scene, people come up, can I feel that? And of course, I have to sometimes educate them like, you know, I'm in the middle of a scene here, uh, maybe later. But sadly, the presenter in me comes out usually and goes, okay, here, I'll let you try it. Boom, boom, zap, zap. Um, and then they find that they like it. But if you, if you see somebody that's doing something you want to experience, most tops – Please, after they're done with their scene, uh, are more than willing to give you a very quick taste right before they put it away.
0: And if you don't have access to a dungeon in your area that you live or things like that, you're just getting all of your information from YouTube, the best thing I can say is start with the basics, which is impact is a basic um, floor rope. Just getting like nylon rope and just tying it. Just make sure you're watching videos, practice on yourself or have someone practice with you and follow through with it and make sure you communicate. So if something's hurting or something's not right, you say something right away so you don't do damage. Like I do the most dangerous plays, like fire for example. If my fire goes crazy, it could actually lead to second and third degree burns. But since I've had lessons and did practice and things like that on people, then I was able to learn. Um, So starting from... I would suggest starting small and work your way up to the larger stuff.
1: Agreed. So, Betty, I hope that answers your question. Thanks for writing. All right. Our next question comes to us from Tim from Nevada. And he writes, I am very happy to be a kinkster. This is a wonderful new world that I get to experience. Where has it been all my life? But now... I want to go and shout from the rooftops that I am kinky. I, w- I know some people who are out publicly and proud of that fact. However, I'm apprehensive that it may affect my job or my family. I guess what I'm asking is, how out should I be?
0: It really does matter on your job. Because if you, for example, have a government job, you shouldn't come out publicly. Well, well what I'm trying to say is you should not post your face on FetLife. You shouldn't like post your face on the internet saying, hey, come play with me you usually want to cover up your face part. You can say that you're interested and be very careful who you talk to. Make sure you're not in a government position. You don't want to talk to your coworkers. You don't want to talk to people you don't know, like are really, really close or could out you and actually lose your job. So there are certain things, it matters on the job. I know some people who come out on their jobs because one, they don't care about the job or two, they know the people that they work with and they're trying to bring them also into the kink community.
1: Yeah, although it can be weird if you are like uh yeah, but it can be weird if like you you tell your boss and he's like, "Well, if you don't do better, I'm going to flog you or something." Like, "Oh, okay, this is getting a little awkward." But sometimes people try to joke about it cuz they're kind of nervous about it and that that kind of thing. Like, uh for example, I know that my current uh boss is was at the uh the Pride parade where I was marching and uh uh, did not know that it probably where I what I was doing, but it, it's such a big crowd. I wasn't too worried that he was going to see me or anything like that in that particular contingent. Um, I also had to stop someone that I met that was relatively new to the community because what she wanted to do was print business cards that basically said, hi, I'm kinky and hand them to everybody because she wanted everyone to share in this world. And I think she actually did that, but she never came back to the scene after that. But it was just more like that's a really bad idea. You can't. It, it's great that you're excited. It's great that you want to be out. It's great that you want to tell people, but of course, you don't tell anyone. Everybody, um, the the people that I always say that you should tell is your doctor, uh, because they they've seen it all, and for the most part,
0: it's so all doctors are most important. Because if you walk in with a bunch of bruises on you, you're like, "Are you being abused?" I'm like, "No, it's actually for sexual content."
1: Yeah. So you should always tell your doctor. I usually tell people they should tell their IT guy because if you get a virus on your computer and you're just like, no, I only visit Christian websites. Like, uh, no, you don't. Here's some safer ones. Please go to these instead. Um, I I don't care what you're into. Please don't. I'm not going through your porn. I promise. And, of course, tell your partner if you're kinky. But we already talked about that. Um,
0: As for the family part of the question, you have to be very careful with families because some of them are very religious, close-minded. For example, you'll be crossing the same lines as, like, for someone who's, like, homosexual. They have to come out to their families, and they can get rejected and thrown out of the house and blacklisted or whatever you want to call it. And that will they will have no more connection anymore. So family members are usually the lines you have to be very careful with. Like, make sure that you know what kind of reaction they're going to have before dressing with them so that it doesn't lead into negative or bad events in your life.
1: And regarding families... Uh... Similar to the advice given to people who happen to be gay or lesbian, um, the, the only weapon you have in, with your family is your own personal time. Um, so if they do kick you out or something of that nature, if you do happen to tell them or they find out about it, it's not the end of the world. Um, usually, your fam- again, like you have your time, and if they aren't willing to accept what you are, then you have the choice of not giving them your time. You don't have to attend those events. Um, you can, and eventually they will come around to it. It it may come to the point where they go, you know, we don't want to hear about it and that's okay. Um, don't bring it up. Don't talk about it. Um, but you definitely, and you don't have to tell them. I mean, your, your parents don't always have to know everything that you do sexually. I mean, do you tell them about, it's not like that song. I just had sex or whatever. And I called my mom right after I was done. Like, no, no, that's not a thing. Um, so you don't have to tell them. But, of course, if you're out with them, like, so let's just say that you're out, I don't know, boating or something, you're in a swimsuit and they see marks and scars, you may have to have that conversation. Uh, Or you may have to lie and say, well, uh, I got mauled by a puma or something. Oh, my God, a puma? Yep. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm going with.
0: I've been pretty lucky because I have that family who actually comes out to each other. They're very open about lifestyle choices and things like that. So I've had a variety of different relatives tell me things. I tell them stuff. So it actually works out for my family, but I know I'm a lucky one. Uh, it doesn't happen every time. And I don't know what some people go through because of my family is the way they are. But I know it can be difficult. I've seen people fall apart i've seen people have to live out of their cars because their family throws them out at age 16 or 17 so i, I know those kind of events you have to, when you are approaching your kinky level with other people you want to be very careful on who you talk to that's why we have FetLife. life masturbating oh. with forks oh. just another kinky fetish fetlife.com if you don't belong to FetLife, it's a large database of individuals who are all kinky or have a variety of different kinks. And you can find people in your own state, your own city, that have the same kinks as you, which is a pretty great website to use.
1: So it's kind of like finding a surrogate family in some cases. Yes. And I found that that uh, since we all kind of share this kink, sometimes we all bond together and we form little subfamilies. Um, there's people in the King community that I am closer to than my own biological parents simply because they, they accept me and they, they cheer me on. They tell me, uh, about how great of a job I'm doing. And I really appreciate that. Whereas I can't really talk to my folks about it. Now, full disclosure, my, my parents do know what I do. And similar to some of this advice given, I was almost, uh, kicked out of the family, but... Uh, over time, they came around to it and eventually gave up and said, OK, you know, just please don't talk about it. That's, that's fine. I won't. I just wanted to let you know that when I'm jetting off to some place, I'm I'm going to one of these things. And if I don't come back, this is where I've been. <laughs> and This is the event I'm at. And here's the information. Um, so, yeah, you don't have to come out to your folks. And it, it, in some cases, it may be very ill advised. But if it does happen to happen happen just understand it'll take time they still love you regardless um and you'll eventually come around most of the time
0: most of the time some i've seen some families don't some families do yep great question
1: thanks tim we appreciate it our last question comes to us from Letitia in new york i think i may have a problem a good problem but a problem nonetheless i think i might be into too many things I really do enjoy pretty much the entire gambit of play, with very few exceptions. However, this comes at a price. I need a wide variety in a scene to enjoy myself. If one type of play keeps up for too long, I start to get bored. I don't want my tops to be switching every few seconds, but that seems to be what I need. How can I find enjoyment in my play with this issue? Is there such a thing as enjoying too many kinks?
0: Oh, I know there is. Limiting yourself is a problem. Like if I just do one thing over and over again, I actually get bored with it and I will Start to hate that kind of kink that happened to me where I would do fire over and over and over again And I realized I'm really getting tired of this So I took like a two-year hiatus from even touching fire And I got back into it recently again, but I'm not as active with it I also like doing a variety of different things in one scene. I like to create it keep it interesting because eyeballs, that's the same thing. as So now when I play, I do a large amount also. I switch up the toys because I don't want to get bored as a top. And I i have already communicated with my bottom that I'm going to be doing this. So they already are aware that it is. And I think communication is a big part of this as well. Like, they can tell me, like, okay, you need to switch areas. I can't take it anymore in that spot. Or I can't take that toy anymore. So I don't mind switching up because I've already planned to switch but i'm not your everyday common top so (laughs) well
1: and i completely understand how you feel because uh when i when i top i tend to switch between toys very quickly um i start with one thing and but what i end up finding for me is, is it's part of the scene building process so i don't think there is such a thing as too many kinks um as long as you're enjoying yourself but as a top Sometimes I start hitting with something and my arm's getting tired so I want to switch to something else and something else so that I'm constantly switching it up or I'm watching them build to what I perceive as the highest point they're going to get with that particular toy and then I switch to the next one and we build up from that so it's this constant building thing whereas uh, us as humans we start to get accustomed to things so if I if I keep shocking you in the same place forever and ever um, eventually, you're going to be like, well, I don't really feel that much anymore. But if I keep changing the sensation with different toys, you're constantly going to be experiencing what I want you to feel. And the same with me. If we're just doing, if I'm subbing and I'm just feeling the same thing over and over, eventually it's going to be like, can we do something else? Like, I, I, I maybe it's a, a side effect of television having a short attention span. But
0: well, people used to have like a four-hour attention span, but now today's people, kids especially only have 15 minutes before they lose attention completely so that could be a thing is like if you're losing attention like you're paying attention to something and then you lose it you know you're gonna get bored and things are gonna happen but again if you're not saying anything who's gonna know
1: well i can think of one situation where you can have too many kinks but that's if you're going to a con you got to pack like 30 suitcases just to fulfill yourself you know because that gets expensive. Did
0: you bring 30 circuses with you? Uh, six. Six? I only brought one bag, by the way. Oh. One.
1: Okay. Well. I was
0: actually good this convention and did not bring my entire kit. Only because the hotel has rules and I can't bring everything. But I just brought my rope suspension stuff this time. It's a shocker.
1: Well, I've always uh, looked at it. That when I'm looking for pickup play, for example, I want to have a wide variety of options so that I can't, I'm not just limited to one type of play. Because if I did just the one thing I really, really enjoyed all the time, one, like you said, you get bored of it. But uh, two, that kind of limits the number of people I can play with because somebody may not want that. And if I have something else, I can do it. Yeah, I look a bit like a pack mule coming in. I admit that. We, we had a whole bell cart full of, of stuff and a wagon on top of that just to get up to the room. So it was a bit messy.
0: Yeah, but I've seen a lot of people do that for yeah. conventions. They, they want to bring all their big stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. We want to show off.
0: Yeah, showing off in the big scenes. Uh, you also have to know the rules of your conventions. But that's getting off the topic just... of trying to figure out many different ways. I'm starting to ramble about conventions here instead. So I like a variety of different plays, and I can get bored easily. If you want to play with a variety of different things, you want to make sure that they mix together well. For example, I can't do fire and rope together. No. Because especially suspensions. That's I can do wax and rope suspensions together or like wax, rope, and impact together. Those all go together. But unlike fire, rope anything else flammable on top of that it's just not smart so you still have to be smart about what you're doing so that you don't get hurt or damaged in a bad way and get hospitalized or have like take months or time off from your play
1: i'm only kidding when i suggest this but uh, why, why not a, fi- a rope scene you know ropes soaked in kerosene you, you suspend them and then when they're done you light it on fire Whoosh, they fall to the floor I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's probably very You should bad.
0: see the face I'm making at him right now. Oh, it, it looks like daggers are coming out of my ass.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she has weapons, so, you know. Uh,
0: she's going to hurt me. I actually do have a knife sitting next to me right now. That's pretty funny. Help me, my <laughs> listeners. Help
1: me. She's going to stab me. Oh. No, i just kidding. I can't tell you where we're at, but please help me. <laughs> so, I, I thank you, Letitia. I think that was a really great question. It's... There's not really a – there is no such thing as too many kinks. Um, as long as you're enjoying yourself, as long as your top is enjoying yourself, I think you're doing it right. Um, you, you may be spending a small fortune getting all those toys and, and hauling them around and paying airline bag fees to go to cons all the time. Um, but probably you would just want to pare it down to just your favorites that you – that you carry around all the time and then spice in a few here and there. And then when you're going to a local con, <laughs> maybe you bring, bring all the big toys and, and look like a fricking pack mule walking in. Uh, our local club has a $10 bag carry fee. So that could get pretty expensive for me real quick. If you want to carry, if you want them to carry in your bags, uh, people actually look at me funny because I'm like hauling in so much stuff every time, but then I'm trying to do uh, uh, toy bag tours and things of that nature. So we need to, I need to bring as much stuff as I can.
0: Ready for anything.
1: Ready for anything. Thank you. Well, my listeners, sad to say we're coming to the end of another wonderful show.
0: Oh, tear, tear.
1: Oh, yes. Uh, Ritzy has to has some stuff she's got to do. I've got some stuff to do. We are at a con after all. i got to go get all squirreled up for tonight. It's going to be fun. Um, so thank you for listening. I really appreciate it.
0: And as always.
1: Stay kinky, my friends.
0: Bye. Check us out on the web at kinkinthechain.com. Follow us on Twitter at Kink Show. Or call us at eight zero four four zero four 404 kink We don't fight unless you ask nice. Have feedback or want to submit a question for a future show? Send your emails to podcast at KinkinThechain.com.